Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. This is a beautiful world that we live in. And that's what author Sasha Madsen says in her new book, Chimes. It's out in stores right now, and I'm really happy that Sasha is right here with me now to talk all about it. Sasha, thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's wonderful. Chimes is out in stores right now. Sasha, what can readers expect here? Hopefully they can expect whenever they feel sort of lonely or whenever they wish that they had someone there that could understand, they could be comforted by the group of letters that I put together reaching out to people. Hmm. I wrote to historical figures. I wrote to people in movies that I was watching and my friends and people in my life. (laughs) I wrote to my dog. I wrote to a beautiful house that was on my street asking about the families that have lived there in the past. I wrote to anybody. Mm. And now what sort of a reading audience do you think would really be into Chimes? I think a lot of people, frankly, because the more I talk to people, the more I realized how much of a powerful impact the quarantine has had on all of us Mm. and how it really has been hard getting back to some sort of a normal life. I myself had a, a very difficult quarantine. I got into a bad car accident and I was in recovery for a while. Oh, no. And going back to working and going back to just trying to be sort of normal, it really kind of intensifies that sort of, you know, why why am I settling for things that don't absolutely make me happy? Or why, you know, why is everything make me so anxious? Or what do I want out of life that I wasn't getting before? Or what should I be doing differently? Hmm. And I think a lot of it's regular for a lot of people to have those questions and the letters are very open and sort of ask a lot of questions like that. Sasha, how did this all come about? Can you tell me when you were inspired to sit down and write this and then publish it? Probably because I realized that I had a lot of questions and it's really hard to know what to do with questions. Mm. And I think Obviously, we want to ask people questions, and you don't know who to ask, so I just kind of ask the world around me. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you, Sasha, whenever you got that first copy, you got to hold it in your hands? It was overwhelming, because I think my whole life, when I was a little kid and I used to get like birthday money or anything like that, I would just go to Barnes & Noble and spend the Mm. entire thing on a giant pile of books. (laughs) And so to get the actual things in my hands was amazing, and it didn't feel real until my friends and people that I knew were taking pictures of it and showing it to me and asking me to sign it, which is the weirdest thing in the world. (laughs) And have you ever done anything like this before? Have you ever published before this? I did. I have one book called Lycanthrope, which is a book of poetry and short stories that sort of looks at our relationship with mental health, like how it can affect us with the way we're raised to look at it. It's sort of kind of used as a plot device in movies and TV. And that is sort of how we can look at it at times, but it's actually living with it and knowing someone that lives with it is a very different experience. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I tried to examine in that book. 
Yeah, that's a really interesting look at that. <laughs> Thank you. A lot of our listeners right now are authors who haven't published yet, but they want to. They're just starting out. So, Sasha, what advice could you give them? I would say to just follow your gut, because I think most of the people I've talked to, they all have stories, but we're all our own worst critic, and they think they really doubt themselves, and they doubt the validity of their own stories, and I think they don't realize that their stories are interesting or that there's someone out there that wants to or needs to hear their stories. And I think they think, especially now with social media and everything, that they really need to have something just fascinating to happen to them, to be able to connect to other people when really everyday things and everyday problems are much harder to talk about. Well, it sounds like you really got a thing for writing, Sasha. Do you have any plans for what's next? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's two finished books on my laptop and like four or five that are getting there. Wow. I know a lot of my listeners right now are definitely going to be interested in checking this out. The name of the book is Chimes. It's written by Sasha Madsen, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere, like down at the street at your local bookstore, or you can jump online, get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Sasha, it's been great having you on the show tonight. Thanks for telling me all about Chimes. It's been really nice talking with you. It's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much. Sitting down with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Theodore G. Obenchain. Ted, thanks for joining me tonight. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Oh, it's wonderful you have a new book out in stores right now. It's titled From Darkness to Sunrise, One Man's Natural Epiphany. Can you tell me what readers can expect with this? This book is a loosely autobiographical relating of my life from early on and how I finally, over a period of several decades, came to a, a realization about what was meaningful to me in terms of, I guess you could say, religion or at least existentialism. And what groups of readers did you have in mind for this when you were writing it? This is for any well-informed reader that is interested in the topic of religion and or existentialism. I have been impressed that within organized religion, there are a lot of people that follow organized religion without any real deep understanding of what it is that they believe in. It may be a spouse of somebody who is more devout. One of them takes the other one to church, and he or she, the spouse, goes along because it's more of a go-along-to-get-along sort of thing. So that's basically, I say that there's two groups that would, that would be the first one. The second one, this is a story of the birth and the evolution of modern science and how all the modern sciences are a spinoff from natural science. That by itself is, a, is I think, a great narrative and, and one that I enjoyed thoroughly researching and learning a whole lot about myself. Ted, can you go back to the time when you had the idea for this? You got the inspiration to sit down and write this? Well, I maybe should tell you that I'm a physician, and uh, I got introduced to life sciences fairly early in my life. And it was when I discovered a discipline called comparative anatomy that gives the student a real look at the universe and how it's organized. And so many people think that nature, both flora and fauna, are chaotic. And in fact, they're not. They're very highly organized. Once I started realizing that, I uh, realized that my views were going to be different 
different than other people's. I rebelled not in any huge uh, or overt way from organized religion fairly early on. I just didn't believe in it in terms mainly. I can accept the natural religion, things that are intuitively true, but I had difficulty with revealed religion, things that I think of as being superstitious or involved in fabulism. That's what I rebelled against in my own mind. And I floated around for you know a few decades before I actually came to a conclusion as to how I viewed the universe and religion and existentialism. I've had the idea of writing this book for, gosh, just several decades, but it really took COVID-19 and being virtually a prisoner in my own house to make me decide that that was the time to do it. So over roughly a year and a half, I uh, researched the topic. And of course, I knew quite a bit about it beforehand, but I researched the topic and then put the narrative together. I finished that oh, sometime in the latter part of 2021. Hmm. And Ted, when it comes to this kind of writing and publishing, have you ever done anything like this before? This is my third book. Actually, it's my fourth book. I have one I haven't published, but I have a master's in, you might say, creative writing. It's more, I like nonfiction, and I like what I write mainly about is historical nonfiction, mainly medical topics. We have a lot of authors listening right now who are just starting out. So, Ted, what would be your best advice for them? In one statement, just follow your muse. You know, if you do that, you'll find what is not only engrossing for you as the author, but it's what makes life enjoyable to become totally committed to something that is all-consuming. And once you get a narrative together, it's a hugely gratifying thing, at least it has been for me. Hmm. Well, readers wanting to experience their own epiphany might want to check this book out. It's called From Darkness to Sunrise, One Man's Natural Epiphany. It's written by Theodore G. Obenchain, and it's published by Newman Springs Publishing. Of course, this is available down the street at your local brick-and-mortar stores, or you can find it online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Ted, thank you again for joining me on the show tonight. It was a real pleasure talking with you. Okay, I enjoyed it as well. Thank you very much. Underneath the Willow Tree is a new children's book. It's out in stores now, written by Rachel Vanderwood. And Rachel's sitting here with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable to talk all about it. Rachel, thanks for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. It's great you have this book out in stores now. So what can readers expect in Underneath the Willow Tree? Well, the book itself is written for young readers, ages four to eight. The book is written with the intention for families to read together with their young children. Hmm. It's a book that is inspired by my faith. It is a faith-based book. However, it does talk about a lot of things that children may not understand, such as anxiety. It talks about sibling rivalry, talks about loss. It talks about compassion, and it also talks about faith and prayer as well. I think at that age, it's so important in their development to have that kind of support and something to that guidance to kind of help them through some of the things that may not understand, especially the world the way it is today. There's been so much confusion. Young children, especially at that age, really don't have the capacity to really understand what's been going on and what's been happening. I know when I wrote the book was at a time that I was able to spend some time with some of my family members, including my nieces and nephews. In fact, the main character is inspired by my nephew, Owen. Mm. The book takes him on a summer trip to his grandmother's farm. And through using 
stories using the animals in the woods. She teaches these lessons to Owen and his friends throughout the summer, and they each kind of help each other learn to grow. They each learn about each other's differences and how to accept one another and kind of how to have compassion for one another. By the end, Owen makes gifts for his friends that relate to the stories that his grandmother tells him on the farm. It's a learning book, and like I said, it's intended for families to read together with their children because that piece is so important, especially at that young age, to spend that time with them. I think sometimes we forget the way society is and how busy we are, how much we mean that time means with our kids. It's things, something that you know they won't forget. It's the things that they remember. Absolutely. They say that time is often the most valued gift that you can give anybody. It surely is. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Rachel, is this the first time you've written a children's book? Yes, it is. Actually, it's very my very first children. It's actually when I started this writing journey was my very first book that I wrote. Wow. Wow. A children's book is kind of a different animal than other books because you have the words, which you write, but then you have the illustrations. You got to get those two to line up. What was that like for you? Christian Faith Publishing really made it a smooth process for me. I was uh, really pleased and very excited by the illustrations. They worked hand in hand with me throughout the whole process. I would give them recommendations and they kind of flowed with that. And the grandmother on the front, the way they presented her, her, her character in my book was actually inspired by my own grandmothers and great-grandmothers. I was blessed to share time with when I was young. And the grandmother on the front of the cover was almost the perfect representation of who I pictured her to be. So oh I was really excited about that. And, and also my nephew, too, especially his character. I love the way his was portrayed. And I was, I was really grateful that he approved as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, it sounds like between the writing and the illustrations going through the whole publishing thing, it might have taken a long time to do. What kind of time frame were you working with? Well, I wrote the book in the summer of 2020. It was just recently released in this past December. It was worth the time and the efforts that were put in. And I'm very grateful and excited to share this and have this available for people to share with their families. Mm -hmm. So far, the response has been great from those that have taken the book. Great. I know I actually have a very good friend of mine who actually, of all the books I've written so far, this was her favorite and she's read it five times to wow. herself, even <laughs> though she got it for her grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> And we're grateful that you put out such a wonderful book here for children. The name is Underneath the Willow Tree. It's written by Rachel Vanderwood. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can go out and get this at your traditional brick-and-mortar stores, or you can jump on Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, and get them online there, too. Well, Rachel, thank you again for joining me here tonight. I had a really great time talking with you. I did as well. Thank you so much for your time. As Christians, it's our responsibility to teach our kids about God and all the truths in the Bible. That's what this next book says. It's called The ABC Book of God's Friends. It's written by Patsy Lawrence, and I'm really happy that Patsy is joining me right now to tell me all about it. Patsy, thanks for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Oh, I think it's awesome that you have this book out now. Can you tell me <laughs> what readers can expect in The ABC Book of God's Friends? Absolutely. This is a fun children's book that goes through the alphabet using people found in the Bible. Hmm. The characters in the book come from both the Old and New Testament. The book is full of poetry, which I just love writing. Hmm. Every character in the book has its own short poem and just a colorful illustration. I've kept it very simple, very fun, and I know kids, as well as their parents, are really going to enjoy it. 
what I like about this ABC book is that I've included a scriptural reference guide in the back. So this book can grow with your child. You can start out simply by reading the book to your child, then go through the ABCs when they're ready, and then also go a little more in-depth with the individual stories in the Bible. You definitely can get a lot of miles out of this book, and the people who have purchased it have actually sent me pictures of their kids reading it, Mm. and they just say the kids love this book, so that really touches my heart. Mm. Patsy, the first thing that caught my eye with this, obviously, was the cover. It's beautiful. The illustrations are so important. I see this is illustrated by Caitlin Lawrence and Cece Winnen, so can you tell me about that? Yeah, I actually work in healthcare. Cece is one of the nurses I work with. She is a dear friend going way back. When I first had the idea to write the book, I was talking to her about it, and she was like, well, I can illustrate it for you. And I'm like, really? I didn't know you could write. And then she drew a picture, and she just, it was just perfect. It was exactly the type of drawing style that I had pictured for the book. And then my daughter, Caitlin, she's an incredible artist. I am not, so I'm very (laughs) blessed that she is. But she took the pictures that Cece drew, and then with her iPad and her art app, she just colored in with these beautiful colors. That is a huge blessing that they are in my life because I think that added so much to the book. Hmm. Patsy, it sounds like this might have been something that took you a long time to put all together. Was that the case? Well, it is. I started this book. I wanted to do a children's book about Bible characters. And then I thought, oh, the ABCs is just a perfect way to go about it. It's easy for kids to understand and fun to learn. So I wrote a poem for each Bible character that I decided to go with. And then Cece did the illustration. And then I was a little nervous about how to go about getting my book published or getting it out there. So I kind of sat on it for a little bit. And then my son said, Mom, when are you going to try to publish that book? And that really struck a chord with me because I'm like, I need to be an example to my kids. And here's this goal I have, and I'm not going after it. So that's when my daughter did the digital art, and that's when I found Christian Faith Publishing, and they were amazing. They helped me every step of the way. They were very a helpful resource, and I would recommend them to anybody. And now we have this finished product, which I just think is amazing. There is nothing like that finished product. What was it like when you got to hold it in your hands for that first time? Well, I can be honest, I was actually very nervous. I got the books from the publisher, and it took me a little bit. I was very overwhelmed. It just felt surreal. And when I did finally hold the book, I just started crying. But it was for joy, and I was just, you know, just unbelievable. Yeah. So I'm sure you've learned a lot along the way, the whole process of writing and publishing. What advice would you have now for people listening who are authors just starting out? Well, this sounds, you know, very cliche, but really do follow your dreams, even if you're nervous. Mm. And also... The message in this book is truly from my heart. And I feel if you have something that is authentically you and a message that you want to get out there, go for it. Let that be your driving force. In my case, too, I had just this incredible support system, family, friends, coworkers, you know, just so much love that it was just unreal. And if you have that, lean into that. Use that for your strength and encouragement. But definitely do it because you will not regret it. That's great advice. The name of this book is The ABC Book of God's Friends. It's written by Patsy Lawrence, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can get this everywhere, like traditional brick-and-mortar stores, or online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes. Well, Patsy, it's been wonderful talking with you here tonight. Thanks again for joining me on the show. 
Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. The book I have here says that if God can do it for me, he'll do it for you too. The book is called God is Here, There, and Everywhere, a compilation of testimonies and words of encouragement. It's written by Ken Chin, and Ken is right here now to talk all about it. Ken, I really appreciate you coming on the show with me tonight. Thank you for being here. No problem. God bless you. Can you tell me what readers can expect in God is Here, There, and Everywhere? Well, it's an encouragement book. God brought me out of a very clear and made me what I am today. I'm so blessed to share my testimonies and trust story with everybody. I'm sure they feel encouraged to read the book. In the process of writing, God is here, there, and everywhere. Did you have a certain group of readers in mind, Ken? No, it's more for everybody who wants to know what God can do. They probably want to know what God can do for them when I first start. Can you think back to when you got the idea or were inspired to sit down and write this book and have it published for the world? Sure. It all started when I came to know God. He is so special to me. I was lost, but He brought me out, and He gave me ideas of what was planned out for me, and gave me plenty of hope. That's how I want to write a book about Him. Now, when it comes to writing and publishing a book, have you ever done this kind of thing before? No. This is my first time. Well, that's wonderful. What was it like then whenever you got to hold the first copy of this in your hands and you got to look at it? What were you thinking? It's an encouraging accomplishment for me that I've never experienced before. Praise God, you know, he did it for me. And Ken, now that you are a published author, what would you say is the most rewarding aspect of that for you? Seeing everything that I've written is in a book. And my friends look up to me. They say, Ken, you right better now. Let me hope for better tomorrow. Do you have plans for more writing and more publishing in the future? Yes. God gave me three more books to write. Oh, fantastic. The second one is already in preparation. I'm sure you've learned a lot along the way of writing and publishing your first book. So, Ken, what advice would you give to those listening right now who are authors just starting out? Don't give up. Hmm. Never allow anybody to tell you what to do. Really try to do it God's way. And you will be all set. As God always say, you know, I have a better plan and hope for you, as in Jeremiah. Now, it's obvious your relationship with the Lord has been a huge inspirational, motivational part of your life. Are there people in your life, Ken, who also inspire and encourage you? Yes, my preacher, my wife. He came to years with me. Nothing like we don't have much properties. God changed my life. This is our home for me. Mm-hmm. And the cows that we have, it's kind of, they saw the changes in me. So they are inspired by it all. And my friends who, who do not know me well enough, know that I could write. It's amazing. Hmm. Ken, did it take a long time for you to write and publish God is Here, There, and Everywhere? 20 years. To me, 20 years to write. Because I, I need to gather all the facts, the truth. I put down in words. And for me, I haven't been to any college or university at all. Mm. So it's, it's kind of tough. When people look at you, they don't believe you. They thought that I was joking when I told them I'm going to write a book about God. When it came out, everyone was so surprised. Mm. Ken, what did you find the most challenging part of either writing the book itself or putting it through the publishing process? I'm putting it in the publishing process because I have no experience whatsoever. 
to try to venture into something that I have no idea how it's really going to turn out to a small challenging path. First writing is all between me and John. Nobody can see what I do. Okay, and thank you for telling readers that if God can do it for you, then he can do it for others as well. The name of this book is God is Here, There, and Everywhere, a compilation of testimonies and words of encouragement. This is written by Ken Chin, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can pick up this book everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Ken, I really appreciate you coming on the show tonight and telling me all about your book. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thank you so much. I hope my book will reach everyone. Thank you. God bless you. There's an adventurer around the world. In the new book by J. Irene Hickey, the title is Lost, The Adventures of Boomer and Matilda, Book One. The author, Irene, is right here with me now to talk all about it. Irene, thanks for being here with me tonight. Thanks for having me. Can you tell me all about what readers can expect in Lost, The Adventures of Boomer and Matilda? Well, they can expect an adventure, at least that's my hope. The idea of two characters striking out, finding themselves in a situation that's very foreign to them, and then figuring out how to resolve it. Hmm. Boomer's a kangaroo, and Matilda is a koala bear. They were being transported from Australia to a tiny little Texas zoo, and on the last leg of their journey, they were in an 18-wheeler that got caught in one of the horrendous Texas storms. And it had an accident on a backcountry road on the way to the zoo, and it overturned. The cages broke open, and they were free in a foreign land and learning how to get along with each other. So that's what the reader can expect to read. Sure sounds like an adventure to me, Irene. Uh, what sorts of readers do you think would be really into this? Well, it was planned for children, and as I've had people who read it, the adults who read it to the children told me that they thought it was really a book for all ages. Hmm. Now, yes, I think sometimes people are being kind to you when they say <laughs> that. I, I fully understand that. But it was intended for maybe six or seven years old up to about eight or nine years old. But it was written such that they're the storyline that can intrigue an adult, I believe. Hmm. Irene, where'd you get the idea for this story? About 15 years ago, we were traveling in Australia, and I bought these two little stuffed animals for my grandchildren. One was a kangaroo and one was a koala bear. And as we were on our, I call it an adventure every time I travel, as we were on our adventure, I started posing the two little guys at places saying, I think I'll take a picture of them here and a picture <laughs> of them there at the Australian Open with the uh, tennis players in the background. And they took on their own characters, as it were. I still have those stuffed animals. They never made it to my grandchildren. <laughs> They're still with me. But that was where the idea came from. As I place these animals in different places, they're on an adventure. When it comes to writing and publishing, have you ever done anything like this before? I have been published as a poet and as a journalist. I started out my writing career as a journalist, hmm. but just not in the children's book genre before. Mm -hmm. How long did this take you, Irene, from when you first started writing up until it hit store shelves? To actually write the story, probably a little under a year. And that's because I'm the type of person that I'll start writing something and then my mind will go down the path of, oh, 
well, let's see, let's learn more about how are animals transported to zoos. And then that, oh, how are zoos maintained? And then what does a zoologist do? And in other words, the research goes on and on and on. And you can, you can really get mired down in it sometimes. It's important, but that can cause you to take longer to actually write the story, if that makes sense. Sounds like your natural curiosity just kicked in and maybe you went down a few rabbit holes. I do. I do. I'm quite familiar with the rabbit holes and I've learned how to get back out of them again. But I think that's what the imagination is all about in the first place. Mm. When my mind starts creating something, then it's like, not to sound crazy, but if you imagine that you've got a lot of different file cabinets in your brain and then I'll go, oh, you know, that, that might make a good story. Or I'll see something and say, that would be a good title for a book. And then I file it away. In that one of those file cabinets, and then I go later and open it up, pull it out, and start writing about it. But Boomer and Matilda's story, once I sat down and started writing it out, they just took on a life of their own. Mm. And then the characters that they came in contact with took a life of their own. And it was very easy to take it out of the brain, dust it off, and then start writing about it. It's actually pretty easy to do. But if I had been more disciplined and not gone down the rabbit holes, <laughs> as you said, I probably would have been able to finish it in a couple of months. But I'm just too sidetracked, I guess is the best <laughs> word for it. Too curious. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, curious. But you see, that's the whole point of the book is... We want children to be curious. Mm. We want them to have a sense of adventure, and we want them to also not take just what's being said to you for granted. So research it. So part of the point of the book is to get kids to think about, oh, ask the questions. I encourage my listeners to check this book out. It's titled Lost, The Adventures of Boomer and Matilda, Book One. This is written by J. Irene Hickey, and it's published by Fulton Books. Irene, it's been a real delight having you on the show here today. Thank you so much for stopping in. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed speaking with you. I love the message of this book. You are beautiful. The book is named Beautiful, and the author, Lori Ann, is joining me right now to chat all about it. Lori, thank you for joining me here tonight. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to be talking with you about this book, Beautiful. Can you tell me about it? Absolutely. Beautiful is a book about explaining what it is that makes a person beautiful. We often get so caught up in the physical aspects of beauty and sometimes even comparing physical aspects with each other. And that's not what it's about. The message is God created each one of us to look the way we are, to act the way we are, to be who we are. Mm. And that is what makes us beautiful. Lori, what readers were you going after with this? I was going after little girls, basically like ages two to eight. However, some teenagers who are in my life have purchased a copy and have raved about the book. So oh. I'm just going to say girls in general. However, parents and grandparents can definitely get the book and read it to their little grandchildren because, like I said, it's a message that I think we need to hear. And it's beautifully illustrated. Can you tell me about how that whole process developed? 
Oh, my goodness. I just have to give accolades to the Christian Faith Publishing team. The illustrators had so much patience with me (laughs) because I had a vision that was very specific. I wanted little girls of all sizes, shapes, colors to be represented. Mm -hmm. So they worked quite a bit with me to, you know, no, make this girl a little bit bigger and this one a little bit smaller and, you know, whatever, so that we could really truly have a good representation of every possible type of little girl out there. When it comes to writing and publishing children's books, have you ever done anything like it before? This is my first. I'm sure you learned an awful lot along the way. Uh, What advice would you give to people looking to do the same thing? Oh, my goodness. I would say do it. Mm. Just do it. If there's an idea in your mind, a thought in your heart, just start writing and keep writing. Don't worry about it being perfect the first go around. This book, while it's a children's book and somewhat simple, it took several edits. And I would just suggest the same for others. Just write it, walk away from it, come back, read it, change what you need to, you know, just go for it. It's great advice. And a lot of people ask, is all that time and effort worth it? So, Lori, to you, what's the most rewarding aspect now of being a published author? Oh, my goodness. Seeing the looks on people's faces when they get the book. I handed out books to several friends and parents who have little ones and just their responses. It just oh, just warms my heart. They're so excited and so receptive. And that just makes me realize that I did this because I was supposed to. Mm. What was that moment like then when you got to hold the first copy of Beautiful in your hands? Wow. <laughs> it was a pinch me moment. It's mm. like, wow, this is this is my book. This is this is what I wrote. This is what it looks like. This is what it feels like and I was just so excited. It was amazing. And what are the chances that we might see a follow-up to Beautiful in the future? The chances are really good. I'm mm. I'm actually in the final editing stages of the next book, so it's it's there. Wonderful. So how easy do these ideas come to you, Lori? Is it the kind of thing where you sit down and the whole thing kind of flows out, or is it more of a process where you develop things? My stories come from my granddaughters. The time I spend with them and the things that I see them do, and I just think, okay, how could I teach that lesson in an enjoyable way? How can I make this a fun thing for them to know? So that's usually my inspiration. Lori, this is truly a beautiful book. Again, the name is Beautiful. It's written by Lori Ann, and this is published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can get this everywhere, like down the street at traditional brick-and-mortar stores or online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Lori, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had a great time learning about Beautiful. Thank you for all the hard work, and I just really enjoyed our time together tonight. Thank you so much. I did as well. Conquering COVID-19 with Christ, a husband and his wife's account of a physical fight versus a spiritual fight while battling COVID-19. This is the new book out in stores now by Michelle Mashburn, and she's right here with me now to tell me all about it. Michelle, thank you for being on the show tonight. It's my honor to have the chance to be able to do this. Can you tell me what Conquering COVID-19 with Christ is all about? What can readers expect? Well, it's a battle, two different battles. 
my husband, he was fighting a physical battle to stay alive in the hospital. And I was fighting for my husband on my knees in prayer in a spiritual battle. Hmm. So can you think back to what inspired you, what sparked you to write this story and tell it to the world? Well, I knew that there were lots of people who were going through the same situation that I was. Mm. And I knew that God was guiding me to write down what was happening in my life as far as the virus itself and what he was helping me through. And I just knew that my story would help others to be able to have a avenue or a similar story to look back on and realize that they're not alone. Michelle, thank you for using all this that you've gone through to help others through it as well. Was this a book that took you a long time to write? It took me about a year, pretty much. A year, maybe a few months. But it was a lengthy process, but it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do this before, write a book or publish anything? I've never written a book before or published a book ever. Oh, congratulations. What was it like thank then you. the day you got that first copy and you got to look at it, hold it in your hands? What was going through your head? When I held it in my hands, I was thinking, thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to be able to do this and for helping me to do it because by myself, there was no way without him guiding me. Mm. It was very much a God moment. Michelle, you said all of that hard work and all that time was worth it. To you, what's the most rewarding aspect now of being a published author? The most rewarding aspect is knowing that through Christ, all things are possible despite whatever self-doubt that I had. He melted all that away and calmed my spirit, knowing that he's got this and he's got me, so therefore it was possible. We talked about this book helping so many people who've gone through the same thing that you have, Michelle. But when you were writing this, did you have more of a target audience in mind? Well, the specific target audience wasn't exactly for those going through COVID. It was for anyone who's enduring hardship or a time where it felt like it was impossible an impossible situation that through Christ, all things are possible if we get our eyes off the situation and get our eyes on him. Hmm. And I'm sure you've learned a lot now along the way of publishing your first book. So what advice now would you have for the aspiring authors who are listening right now? Well, I would say start writing it down. Just start somewhere and let people know your story through your experience and how you felt in every faculty that you were going through. And just start somewhere and don't have any self-doubt that it can't be possible when I'm living proof that it is possible. Oh, that's fantastic. Michelle, have you thought about writing another book and publishing more down the road? I have thought about writing another book, and I've just haven't got the thoughts together yet to pin all that down and get started on the next chapters. Writing can be such a fun, joyful process, but it's not always easy. Sometimes it can get tough. Sometimes you sit down and the words just aren't coming out. Michelle, what do you do when things like writer's block hit? When writer's block hit, what I did was just give it time, put it down, walk away, gather your thoughts, and just let God move. And it'll come to you in his timing, and then he will write the pages, just flowing right in the pages. Hmm. It's really wonderful, Michelle, that you're using all this that you've been through to reach out and to help others. The name of the book is Conquering COVID-19 with Christ, a husband and his wife's account of a physical fight versus a spiritual fight while battling COVID-19. 
It's written by Michelle Mashburn, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can go down the street and buy this at your local brick-and-mortar store, or you can buy it online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Well, it's been truly wonderful having you on the show tonight, Michelle. Thank you again for being here. Thank you so much. I saw the title of this next book, and I knew that it was probably for me, because this is what I want. It's called Happy Family Life. It's written by Michael Yuen Ozumba, and Michael is right here with me now to talk all about it. Michael, thank you for joining me here tonight. Thank you, Cody. It's wonderful that you have Happy Family Life out in stores right now. Can you tell me about it? It's a book about how to use the will of God to make marital life a happy one. Make it enjoyable, enduring, and prosperous. I believe that if a husband treats his wife as he would like her to treat him, and the wife does the same to him, the couple will be able to have all these desirable features in their marriage. Mm -hmm. And this requires both of them to always remember God and use the fruit of the Spirit when relating to each other. And when I say the fruit of the Spirit, I mean being charitable, having joy, peace, patience, affection, respect, honesty, understanding, forgiveness, kindness, fidelity, gentleness, and self-control. And also by looking inwardly first for causes and solutions for family problems. Unnecessary anger and blame will give way to finding solutions based on reason, love, and care. Parental affection is also a key to sustaining marriages. Without it, marriage is doomed. It has to fail. Mm. In chapter 11 of the book, I have shown how a couple can easily evaluate the quality of their marriage and find out whether it is viable enough to continue or not. So that's exactly what the book is all about. Mm. Well, Michael, obviously married couples are going to find this really helpful, but do you think unmarried readers will find this helpful as well? Oh, sure. Because anybody who really wants to get married has to understand, first of all, what marriage is all about. Mm. And by reading this book, it will help them a lot, especially to make choices. Especially to make choices, because making choices is one of the most difficult things about marriage. You have to look at yourself first to see whether you are really a marriable individual. Mm. If you're not marriable, how do you expect somebody else to marry you? <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of situation and how to evaluate yourself also is in the book. And make yourself available to be married by somebody else. What you expect somebody else to do for you as a spouse, you must expect to do the same you know, for somebody else in order to really enjoy married life. So those who are married and not married will find the book very, very easy and useful. Have you thought about writing another and publishing more in the future? Oh, sure. Actually, I am writing a book already. Hmm. However, the one that is almost complete now is in politics and the political animal. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you that. <laughs> well, Michael, a lot of our listeners right now are authors who are just starting out. So what's your best advice for them? Do not limit yourself to anything. Whatever you have in mind, go for it. Think about it and develop it nicely mm. and see how it's going to benefit the world. Let it be something that can solve problems mm. because we have a, a lot of things going on in this world. Absolutely. We need writers. We need 
leaders who can bring their words across in one way or the other so as to make this world a better place. So let them not live in themselves. And it doesn't matter what they think, whether people will like it or not. It doesn't matter what happens. People will find it useful in one way or the other. Hmm. Michael, what's the most rewarding aspect for you of now being a published author and knowing that your work is out there for the whole world? The most important accomplishment I expect from this book is if somebody can read the book and it positively affects the individual's life to understand what the family is and change from the ugly side of a family to a positive side, treating himself the right way, treating his family the right way, and being a positive influence in our community. Mm. That is very, very important. Even if it's just one person, it's a lot of achievement. Michael, thank you for drawing on all of your experience and wisdom to reach out to readers. This book is titled Happy Family Life. It's written by Michael U.N. Ozumba, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can find this everywhere, like down the street at your traditional brick-and-mortar stores, or online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes. Michael, thank you again for joining me on the show here tonight. I had a really nice time learning about happy family life. I sure hope that that's what we all have in store for us here after we read your book. So thanks again for being on the show. Thank you, Cody. Have a very nice day. The next book I'm looking at says that it wants to encourage people by the reading, hearing, teaching, and doing of God's holy word. It's titled A Boy Named Jesus, and the author is P. Dalton Sims. Patricia, the author, is right here with me now to talk all about it. Patricia, thanks for being here with me tonight. Yes, good morning, Mr. Graham. It's so good you having me. I would like to express my gratitude to my inspiration, the Holy Spirit and also to Christian Faith Publishing, the old crew, which has been so patient, you know, and finished a very excellent work. The job they did on the book is very beautiful. I'm a native of the beautiful island Jamaica, mm. living in the United States of America. Thank you again for having me today. It's really wonderful to have you on the show here with me today, Patricia. Can you tell me what readers can expect in A Boy Named Jesus? Well, my own input on this, like you said, is all that's taking place in the world right now is not beautiful. Mm. Everything just seems just crazy. It's like, especially for the younger generation, you know, mm. they need some better direction and support in teaching them the values of life. You know, because say, for instance, I said if an adult should have a set of kids in a vehicle and they run the red light, these kids will grow up, I think, maybe thinking that it's okay to run a red light, you know? Yeah. So we have to teach them and show them the way to life. Patricia, have you ever written before or have you ever been published before this? Oh, no, I've never published before. But within my old family, we like to write. You know, mm -hmm. my son likes to write. My daughter, she has like four books out there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have a family of writers, but I've never published before. This is my first published book, thanks to Christian Faith Publishing. They walked me through it. That's fantastic. Patricia, how long did this take you to do? This, well, actually, you know, was such an inspiration because, like I tell people, I'm lying on the bed and, like, a voice kept saying to me to get up. I'm not computer savvy. <laughs> I can't type, like, really type. And a voice kept saying, get up, get up, get up. So I got up. I looked around, there's nobody there, but I got up. I went to the computer and I was typing 
from like early in the evening till like morning, three o'clock, I couldn't stop. Wow. I'm just typing away. And then the name of the book came to me. And this was since 2008, I think, 2008. So I said, this book needs illustration and editing and all of that. So I went to a book signing for brethren at my church. This prompted me to, you know, like say, I'm going to finish this book. So then I, she's a teacher. So I brought the manuscript to her. She said, this is good. This is so good. I couldn't put it down, Wow. you know, and then that really gave me more inspiration. Then I showed it to my pastor's wife. She said, send this wow. book in, this manuscript in. This is a cartoon. This is a movie. This is great. Wow. This will teach children the way of good values. And I said, wow. So that's how we started. Patricia, what advice would you have then for the aspiring authors out there who are looking to write their first book and have it published as well? No, it's a great thing because you never know. Hmm. They say you never know until you really actually do the thing. Then you'll see that because I myself would think, oh, I can't write a book. I can't publish a book. I could write it and sit it down. But to really go out there and publish it and see the outcome. Look, I'm doing a radio interview right now. I have finished other books because of that. The inspiration is awesome. It just won't give you a push and a drive to continue, you know. I think it's really wonderful, Patricia, what you're doing to inspire and encourage readers. The name of the book is A Boy Named Jesus. It's written by P. Dalton Sims, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can get this everywhere, down the street at traditional brick-and-mortar stores or online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Well, Patricia, thank you again for coming on the show, telling me all about a boy named Jesus. It was wonderful having you here tonight. You are so welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And keep up the good work. Let us inspire the children and, you know, even adults to raise the children with dignity and for the future, because they're the future generation. Okay? Thank you. To God be the glory. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.